You're listening to Sensitive Changemakers. This podcast is created for highly sensitive leaders and is designed to support you to embrace your strengths and gifts so you can feel more confident in your own mind and body and live a life with intention, purpose, and more importantly, joy. I'm your host, Kate Carter, a fellow HSP who has a BA Honours degree in education, is a fully trained and qualified professional coach and NLP practitioner, and has over 17 years of teaching and over three years of coaching experience supporting highly sensitive people. I believe that you can do anything you want to in this life, but that sometimes the path forward becomes muddy with self-doubt and fear of failure. It's my mission to help sensitive thought leaders peel away the self-doubt and stories holding them back, for them to see their own beauty and strength, so they can increase self-confidence and self-trust through thought and embodiment work and see their path clearly and move forward confidently, living their life with intention and purpose. I would love for you to come and join us. Hello and welcome to Sensitive Changemakers. So I am really excited to kind of delve into being a highly sensitive more and what it means. And I thought it would be a great starter episode for us to look at what is being highly sensitive what does it mean and how can you embrace that side of you because if there's something that I know to be true for me and for the clients I've worked with over the last three years three and a half years now it's that a lot of people see being highly sensitive as a negative thing as something that is more of a curse than anything they come to me feeling like they're fed up of the way they're thinking the way that they feel too much they feel very much a misfit not part of kind of their social groups and things like that and so I think it's a really good idea to kind of look at what highly sensitive is and also kind of break it down so that you can see that it's not a curse, that there are actually some really big benefits to being highly sensitive. So first of all, being highly sensitive is a lot to do with how we process information and our external environment. And they have been doing research now for over 20 years. They have got a good bank of studies and research that backs up that highly sensitive is a thing. And that it is very much down to genetics and our environment from a young age. And so it's they reckon up to about 50% of it is down to our genes. So I know if I take this from a very personal perspective, I know, for example, that my dad is the one that's highly sensitive in our family. But because he was born in 1945, he was conditioned not to show those sensitivities so he may not talk about being sensitive but you can see especially now that I do what I do I can see in terms of his actions and his behaviors um, how highly sensitive he actually is and so you've got the genetic side of things and then you've also got the environmental influences which everybody has it's that nature versus nurture argument and so it really is based on those two things. And then the other thing that I think is really important to understand, so you've got the genetic side of things, you've got the nurture side of things, which is what you find with most personality traits anyway. 
you've also got how sensitivity like plays out how it actually shows shows up and so the first part is is all about our senses for highly sensitive people so it's our perception of like sound taste smell touch and how we feel those things in so much so much more deeply than possibly other people and the other thing is much more about the information around the environment so this is about the thinking deeply reflecting on experiences really trying to find out the why behind things so you've got the very kind of more physical side of things the actual you know if you get irritated by labels for example if you're sensitive to the heat or the cold that's that very physical sensitivity and then then you've got the cognitive sensitivity which is all about your processing your deep thinking you're wanting to find out why the mental rabbit holes that you might find yourself going down so you've got those two sides of you and um the other thing that research has shown is that highly sensitive people it isn't all it isn't all negative it's not like they feel things deeply negatively they also feel things deeply positively which is why sometimes you might find that you get so touched by just the smallest thing so for example to give this context I'm smiling because I'm hoping you'll find out why um or you'll see why so I remember when I was dating my husband we are talking crikey I want to say about 2003 we've been dating since 2000 um and I think it was about 2003 2004 I was working at my local spa shop and I'd gone to work and it was quite warm and I'd worked the day away in and Damon came to meet me from work and the temperature had dropped and he bought me a coat and I would always remember that because it's one of the smallest things and it really touched me deeply because I was like how wonderful that he's thought about that in so much detail I also get really excited if you know me on a personal level you know that I love views I love going for walks in nature and I will always be taking pictures of water the sun if there's any lovely trees like I get lit up by just the smallest thing and so I really want to highlight that we feel deeply and we really do process things deeply but it's not just on a negative side yes we can feel um things much more deeply in terms of a violent movie we would normally avoid those things because we can take those on. I know I always speak to my husband about this. He loves film and he loves TV. And and I'm very much like, I can't watch that because I can't always stop thinking about it when you've turned it off. Like it affects me more deeply than it does you. You can appreciate it for a piece of artwork. I think about it and it just affects me on a deeper level. But on the flip side of that, he will look at a sun, you know, the sun shining or look at a tree and just see a tree. Whereas I see so much beauty. And so that is the the kind of highly sensitive package, if you like. You've got that real deep sense of feeling and processing on either side of the scale. And the other thing that I think is really important to, to talk about here is it's not you have a sensitivity or you don't. It's more of a scale. And so the researchers, and I'm not quite sure whether I necessarily agree with this, but this is what the researchers have come up with. So generally, 30% of the population are under what we would consider highly sensitive. 
40% is around the medium and then 30% is the low. And they've assigned flowers to each of these like sections. And so if you're highly sensitive up on that top 30%, you are considered an orchid. So orchids, they require a lot of care, but they are absolutely stunning when they flourish. And I would argue, I've got a friend who, and she would argue that actually orchids, if you leave them alone <laughs> and make sure that they have the right environment around them, are really kind of hardy. She's managed to bring quite a few orchids back to life. So I kind of like that metaphor um, or simile, should I say. And then you've got on the flip side of the scale. So people who are low sensitivity, so that 30% on the other side of the scale are referred to as dandelions. And they that's because they grow anywhere they're very robust they're very hardy um and so that's a dandelion again i'm not sure whether i like that analogy but it's there and then you've got the middle band which are medium sensitive so they might have sensitivities on some kind of aspects but not on others and they are called tulips and that is because they're not quite as delicate as orchids, but they aren't as hardy as dandelions. And so they fall into that middle. So whether you agree with that or not, I would love to hear your take on that as to whether you agree with those analogies with flowers. But it's the point that they're trying to make is that it's not something you have or you don't have. It's a scale. And so you might fall on the higher end of that scale or on the lower end of that scale. But everybody kind of falls into there somewhere. And I've touched on this before, but men and women are sensitive. It seems to, in my immediate family, seems to hit more men than it does women. And so I know my son is highly sensitive. I know my dad is highly sensitive and I'm highly sensitive, but I'm definitely in the minority there. So men are just as sensitive as women. It is not one or the other. It's just probably that men don't talk about it as much because they don't feel that they can. Um, and I think that's really important to kind of highlight here. And being highly sensitive in society, we've just talked about men specifically there, about their emotions as a whole. But in terms of being highly sensitive, society really isn't built for highly sensitive people. It's it's built for the kind of more robust dandelions, if we're using that metaphor from earlier. And so... As we're growing up, because most of us have highly sensitive traits anyways, we've just dis discovered, you know, 50% of it's from genetics. So most of us who are on the highly sensitive end have been dealing with this since birth. And there's some great research that I'm going to be talking about, I think, in the next few weeks about how they can see that in the womb. But there is so much conditioning that we go through in our early childhood where we learn that being sensitive isn't right or we don't get what we need when we show our highly sensitive ways and so we find ways to cope and we find ways to mask it so one of the ways that I see this play out the most is with our intuition and our gut instincts and so for most highly sensitive people we have a real a real strong intuition when something doesn't feel right or when something's out of alignment but from a young age that we kind of unlearn that because unless you you grow up in a very kind of forward thinking and as my husband would call it hippie environment where that kind of is embraced if you're not in that kind of environment then you can understand that you may get not listened to you may get ignored if you're talking about these more intuitive side of yourself and so we learn to mask it we learn to play it down we learn to kind of just push it away 
And one of the things that I love trying to uncover, and it's one of the things after I recovered from my panic disorder and my panic attacks, was I was left with this discourse between my body and my brain. It hadn't been working together for so long. My regular, you know, my um, nervous system had been dysregulated for so long that I wasn't really in alignment with myself. And so uncovering the power of that intuition and really digging back into what it feels like when you start listening to your gut. Um, And this podcast and the changes around this podcast are a perfect example of how I am now so much more willing to lean into that alignment, into that intuition, into that gut instinct that I wasn't before because I would have just looked at things very logically and gone, no, that's this, that goes over here. Everything is compartmentalized. Everything's got its place. This is how things work. And that's how I coached for a long time because emotionally things were so intense. I pushed emotion away. So I pushed intuition. Emotional responses were scary. I didn't know how to cope with them. And so we just, I just pushed them away. And so after recovering from the anxiety learning how to embrace that side of myself again and I do wonder if that resonates with you as well as the listener I would really love to hear your take on it is it one of those things that you you know you're not sure how to to embrace anymore that intuitive side of yourself because you've spent so long trying to push it away and those emotions away so I would really love to hear your take on that but the thing that I really want to kind of for you to take away from today from today's episode if i can get my words out is the importance of being highly sensitive and the strengths and gifts around being highly sensitive and i remember when somebody first told me what are your gifts in being highly sensitive i completely blanked because at that point all i saw were negatives i think too much i think too deeply i can't stop thinking i feel too much i cry too easily i'm too emotional all of these things, I couldn't see any superpower, any kind of gift. I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But there are so many gifts with being highly sensitive. And I have created a startup guide to being highly sensitive, which I'm going to link in the show notes. And this is some information based on my experience, my client's experience, and also the research out there as to what it is to be highly sensitive. So there's some statements that I resonate with and my clients resonate with. And there's a, a link to the Elaine Aaron person, um, highly sensitive person test where you can just click the statements that are resonating with you. And it allows you to see where, where you fall, whether you fall on the highly sensitive, the mid sensitive or the low sensitive and just get an idea of where you fall in that. And then I kind of, I take that and I look at the gifts that are within highly sensitive. And then I get you to look at which gift you resonate with and how you can start to embrace that and start to expand it, start to actually develop that more in your life. And so if you want a copy of that, it's in the show notes. But some of the gifts in terms of being highly sensitive, deep friendships, deep relationships, we are not for the surface level conversations, are we? We are not very good at small talk. Um, You may find that if you're in social events, you may be either trying to fit in and do that. Oh, yeah. Hi. How are you? Yeah. The weather. Um, Which I find myself doing on a regular basis. Or you might find yourself as like an observer. You're just watching people. You may sort of or your opinion forward every so often, but you're much more of an observer. 
But when you do click with somebody, you can talk about the deepest le- deepest things or the deepest subjects incredibly quickly and time just goes. And that's because you do have that sense of deep, meaningful conversations. And when you do find somebody you click with, when you do find somebody you resonate with, that friendship is is deep and meaningful. And so that is why I truly believe that people who are highly sensitive make amazing therapists and amazing service providers because they have that ability to develop those meaningful, deep conversations and deep friendships. You are also, because you're such a deep thinker and because you like to know the why and that deep understanding, you tend to notice patterns more so than other people. And this is such a benefit in the workplace. It's such a benefit for any business or any kind of work that you do because you would be able to go deeper you'll be able to see the patterns you'll be able to see solutions you'll be able to see maybe problems that other people wouldn't have picked up and so that level of depth actually might seem frustrating for you but if you can embrace it and actually look at how that helps people and how it helps you you can actually really enhance that and and support not only yourself whether that's through work or just in your day-to-day life, but actually have an impact on other people around you as well. Because just because you see things, and I know a lot of us just assume that if we see it, well, everybody sees it, then that's not the case. And so really just leaning into that and knowing that if you're seeing patterns, if you're seeing things on a deeper level, bring that up because other people may not be able to see that. You are able to pick up the nuances and the subtleties in conversations and um, situations and so you're really good at reading body language facial expressions the energy around people have you ever been in a situation where you just think i don't think he's quite happy or something in this room doesn't feel quite right i don't feel like you know comfortable in here something's off and when you start talking to somebody you realize that they're really sad or they've got a lot going on or somebody's really angry and you've picked up on it in a deeper level than other people again that's why it makes or highly sensitive people make great service providing therapists because you get to pick up on those nuances and you get to see what's what's not being said so the thing underneath the language Highly sensitive people as well tend to be really creative. And this isn't the traditional idea of creativity. So like creating an art piece or creating music, but that absolutely can be true as well. But in terms of creating anything. So for me, I love creating. It's one of the reasons I love teaching because I love creating resources. I love thinking about, oh, if I was taking somebody on a journey and they were starting off here and I wanted them into here, how would I actually take them on that journey? What resources would they need to support them through that um so that is creativity as well i do love myself some painting and some drawing i'm not very good at it but i do love it it enables me to be in that state of flow and so i would really invite you here to think about what is it that you love really being creative around and it doesn't need to be masterpiece scale here we're just talking about stuff that you like creating from scratch and so what is it that you like to do um and the other thing that really comes up for me is around strengths which we've already kind of touched on a bit here is the intuition and how we can really kind of dig back into that a lot of people have kind of unlearned that and I would love to invite you to to kind of just raise an awareness around your intuition you know what is your intuition saying today what's your gut feeling saying today you don't have to follow it but just starting to listen to it again because I would be amazed 
how many people listening have stopped listening to their gut feeling and their intuition. And it doesn't mean to say that it's always spot on. You have to listen to it all the time, especially straight away if you haven't been doing it for a while. But just having that awareness around what it is trying to tell you on a daily basis. And the last thing that comes up for me, again, we've hit on this earlier, is the appreciation for the little things. Those real pockets of joy that you can experience in your day-to-day life with not much effort because you feel things so deeply. So I don't know, a biscuit, eating a biscuit, for example, which I've just done, would bring you so much more joy than somebody else who's eaten the same biscuit. You going out for a walk and seeing a beautiful flower that's bloomed lights you up so much more than other people. So how can you embrace that more? And again, I know that when I was growing up, I used to get so excited about views. I still get excited about views. Um, And my mum would sort of laugh at me, not in a horrible way, but in a, oh, okay, what are you doing now? Because I absolutely love them. And I would stop and go, oh my God, stop. That's an amazing view. Look at that view. And I would get so excited about it because it lit me up just seeing that bit of beauty. And so again, invitation here to see what lights you up. And to embrace the fact that you don't actually need that much to find those little pockets of joy in a day because you're so because you're so open to the sensory input, you can actually appreciate things on a deeper level much easier than others. And I think that is a real strength, a real superpower. And so if you would like to to find out more about whether you're highly sensitive and what the gifts are and how they could work for you, then please do download the startup guide to being highly sensitive. And as I said, the link is already in there for the Elaine Aaron test, which is to give you a better idea of where you are on the scale of being highly sensitive. But I would love, love, love to hear your feedback as to your experiences of being highly sensitive, what you found to be your strengths, and how you're embracing those in your life. And if you're not quite there yet, that's okay. That's absolutely fine. I would love to hear from you. And you can tell me about what you've discovered so far about being highly sensitive. So please do reach out. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all at Kate Carter Coaching. And you can email me as well at kate at katecarter.co.uk. And I'll put all those in the show notes, but it would be lovely, lovely to hear from you. I'll be back next week with another episode where we look at another aspect of being highly sensitive and what that means for us. And I will always endeavour to bring in some research and some ideas and some tangible actions that you can take as a result. Okay, I'll be back next week. See you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you have any takeaways or any questions, please do reach out to me either through Instagram, LinkedIn or Facebook at Kate Carter Coaching or you can email me at kate at katecarter.co.uk. I always love to hear your feedback and the things that you have taken from the podcast. If you know of any other highly sensitive people, then please do share this so that I can reach more and support more highly sensitive people to embrace their strengths and gifts. As a thank you, I will pick a winner every month for a free 50-minute coaching session with me. Thank you so, so much.